Heritage Valley. Come on, let's lift up a shout of praise today. To the King of glory and life, all praises. To the only giver of life, our maker. The gates are open wide. What love has done Amazing He bought us with His blood Our Savior The cross has overcome We worship You Come on, listen to the shout Shout Hosanna Jesus, He saves
good to be in the house of the Lord and to see you in the house of the Lord as well. Amen. Let's just give him another praise worship because he is worthy. He's so worthy. Amen. Could you turn to someone in the house and say, he is worthy. Let's worship him today. Amen. All right, church family, what's happening? Maxine, what's good? <laughs> Way to call out the sister right in front of everybody. They're saying, what's up, my sister, man? I know, my sister in a while. <laughs> what's up, it's my family? <laughs> hey, church, we want to welcome you into the house of God. How many of you guys just feel his presence in this place right now? Amen? Amen. 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 He is so good. He is so good. And it's just amazing when we get to worship and, and the Lord just kind of reminds us of those things. Like, hey, man, I'm no longer a slave. Yeah. I'm in no longer a slave. So, man, thank you, Lord, for that time of worship. And, um, hey, church, just a couple of things we want to catch you up on. I know we've, uh, uh, we've been talking about a few of these things. But uh, first, I want to introduce myself for those that are here maybe for the first time. My name is Michael Romero. I am your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings Church. And I know. Let's give him a get up for Michael. Eh? He's a worshiper. Mira, I got a fan club. It started over here. It started over here. And my name is Roxy de Santiago, and it is my honor and privilege to be part of your worship team Amen. as well. Oh, you got a bigger fan club. You got a bigger Don't fan club. Don't be I love it. I love it. Hey, church, look, just a couple of things I want we, that we want to catch you up on. I know we've been talking a lot about Vacation Bible School, and we have seen such, such an impact on just the last couple of weeks. And thank you so much for registering, for just being a part of it. But we want to continue to get you guys to register. So if you haven't done so yet, maybe if you're wanting to... To, to volunteer for Vacation Bible School, preschool through five through fifth grade, yep. um, and you want to work with NB Kids and just want to work with, with uh, that age group, we, we, uh, we encourage you, please register that, that QR code that's behind me or maybe on the screen in front of you at home. Scan that, and you can register there right. in registrations. It says, hey, register here. I want to get involved. And, and that way you can register that way. Or through the app, you can do that as well. And when so, you when you think, forgive yeah, me for talking, ahead, but when you think about um, um, volunteering for VBS, it's not just being a teacher or working directly with the kids. Sometimes they need people to decorate. My husband and I used to create all kinds of decorations for VBS. Sometimes right. they need people to decorate. Sometimes they need people to help in the kitchen. Sometimes they need a cleanup crew. Sometimes they need a setup and tear down crew. Sometimes you don't have to see kids at all. And sometimes you get to spend all day with kids. It just depends on what you want to do. But join it because it, 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 let me tell you, it may not seem like anything to us as adults, but VBS and the lessons that they learn at that age will come in handy in the moment when they're facing the battle. And they think about Daniel in yeah. the lion's den or whatever it is, right? Yeah, like right now, if, if you walk into Miss Jessica's office, you'll find her. It's, our, our theme this year is stellar. So it's kind of like out of this world, kind of outer space stuff. And right now, there's her office just looks like NASA. It's just crazy. And so maybe, maybe you want to help with decorating just even before VBS even begins, like uh, Sister Roxy was saying. So please, we need your help. 
uh, and, and Teardown Crew as well, but even teachers, crew leaders, we need your help, security. Now we feed meals to, the, to, to, to our volunteers. Right. So maybe it's just, maybe you say, hey, I, I wanna be part of that crew that just helps feed the sandwiches or whatever it may be to our volunteers. Just any type of help would, would, would be just amazing. But also, also most importantly, also. bring in them kids. Yeah. Right, bring in the neighbors, bring in the nieces, your nephews, and the kids in your family. It's so important that we get them plugged into the church life early on. So we encourage you to do so. So church, with that being said, next what we want to talk about, church, is we want to talk about what's going on. This coming week is jam-packed with things kind of like our young adults. Don't forget, young adults, 18 to 25. So if you just graduated high school, maybe you have somebody in your life that you want to mentor. And you say, hey, um, I can send you somewhere, but I can help you. Our young adults group, Pastor AJ, he's leading our young adults group. It's every first and Thursday, first and third Thursday of every month. That's tomorrow. And so tomorrow, young adults meet in here in the sanctuary. So we want to invite them. Critical time for young people. You know, they're facing a lot of changes in their life. Sometimes they decide that they want to move out of the house because they're all adults all of a sudden. So um, this is a really important time in their life. So they run out of ramen. So until they run out of ramen. Or Valentina to go on the ramen, either one. <laughs> but listen, they're making important choices. That's right. And what young adults does is it helps them learn to make those important choices. Mm-hmm. And when they fall down, more importantly, it teaches them how to get back up and get back at it. Because that's just as important. Um, what is also important is making sure that people's bellies are full because it's important for people to eat and not be hungry. So on Friday, on Friday, this Friday, there's their mobile food distribution. Volunteers are always needed to help right. um, distribute food. There are hungry people in this city. And especially now that school is out for summer, there are kids who don't get that school meal and uh, during the day and they're at home and they're hungry. So this mobile food distribution becomes even more important. Yes, please help us with that. Like I had mentioned, uh, I think I mentioned it on Sunday Rocks. Um, there's added traffic now with this new chicken spot that just opened up across the way. And so we really need help with traffic control. So if, if you can help with us, uh, help us with that, man, that would be awesome. So the more hands, the merrier, the more worker boots on the ground. We really, really do appreciate that. So church, Stay on top of what's going on, kind of like our men's breakfast that's, that's, that's going on this Saturday. Sisterhood just happened this last Saturday, and God is moving in a supernatural way. The women of the church, same thing with the men of God. So church, stay afloat on what's going on with the church, the life of the church, by always connecting with us on NBCABQ app, as well as the NBCABQ website. Always stay on top of that, okay, church? So with that, we say, once again, always thank you so much because uh, we, we do it because of your faithful tithe and because of your faithful giving and your generous donations, that you guys go always above and beyond the tithe. Thank you, thank you. Always going, so can we, can we celebrate um, what you and I are doing in this community? <laughs> kind of like what we did for camp, where we saw just the children just impacted uh, at summer youth camp uh, last week. I'm, I'm barely getting my voice back, if you can tell. It's still a little on, on, the, on the edge, but it's Hopefully just amazing. It was good yelling and not just yelling, yelling. You, well, yelling. it all depends. It depends on what kid was in front of me. You know your kids. You know your kids. You know your kids and the counselors. That's right. And the counselors. So he was yelling at the counselors. <laughs> Don't worry about what I'd be doing, Rox. She was the one that was Church, saying. we thank you so much for your faithful tithe and your faithful gift. If you would love to participate, maybe you haven't done so yet, the ways to give electronically are behind me on the screen or maybe the screen at home. 
Or if you'd like, there's envelopes or you can drop it off at one of our tithing boxes in and around the sanctuary, right actually at the doorways of the sanctuary. You can drop off your gift or your tithe there and we say thank you so much for your faithfulness and your gift and your tithe. And with that, my sis, yep. turn it over to our senior pastor, Pastor Richard Mansfield. Okay, does this remind you of a commercial? Can you hear me now? <laughs> no? <laughs> the light's green. The light's green at saying go, go. Can, can you hear me now? <laughs> Orale! <laughs> we just needed the touch of the maestro. But we really need a touch of the master. Amen. Guys, I'm kicking off a new sermon series tonight. And it's I'm calling it 10 values for strong families. The family's under attack massive today. And family values are an issue that always comes up around presidential elections. And I don't know if you've noticed... Uh, they're already running for president, man. There's like a whole slew of people. It's like, wow, that's kind of crazy. And for years, values have seemed to be in a vacuum now. Values are like, you have to really search real hard to see them and find them and see if people will even talk about them. Do you know that every 30 seconds, now think about this, every 30 seconds, so twice a minute, there's a divorce in America. Every 30 seconds. One of every four children born are born to unwed mothers or mothers that the father abandons them. We have an epidemic now of venereal diseases Diseases that we hadn't seen. AIDS is still around. Herpes is still around. But gonorrhea and syphilis is making a comeback pretty big. People don't have family values. Everyone's talking about them, and everyone thinks it's a good idea, but very few people are willing to define family values. Most recently when the Supreme Court nominee, the most recent one, was being interviewed, they asked her, can you define what a woman is? And she said, no. She says, I'm an attorney, not a doctor. Like, oh, come on, you're a lady, for goodness sakes. How can you not define a woman? But that's how ridiculous this world is becoming. And almost everyone agrees that we need to revitalize family values. But the question is, whose values are we going to adopt? The Simpsons? Or leave it the beaver? 
but black and white values or cartoon values or what? We don't even know who to follow anymore. And I guess the deeper question is whose values but God's really work? Only God's are the ones that are going to work. And which values are merely fads that are here today and then they're gone tomorrow? And so I want to look at the Ten Commandments because the Ten Commandments are the foundation and the bedrock of civilization. It's literally the foundation of all the laws in Western civilization. And our laws have been built around the Ten Commandments, yet they took the Ten Commandments off of courtrooms and courthouses and federal buildings and schools, and, and they don't have this moral compass anymore. A few years back, I was reading an article that 15 years ago, a new road had been opened up, but when they opened up the road, they never put, they never striped it, so they didn't put a stripe down the middle where you knew whose lane was whose. And 15 years later, they not only just decided not, they never striped it, and they just shut the road down altogether because so many people had been killed because they had no definition of where they were supposed to be. We need boundaries in our life. In the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 3, it says, you must not have any God before me. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 6 and 7 Moses is addressing the people and he says, you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to the commands that I'm giving you today. He says, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you are getting up. He's saying, teach it. It's not like you have a 24-hour Bible study, but you have a 24-hour Bible study. In other words, your kids, when they're not getting along and they're fighting, no, 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 we don't fight. We don't beat each other to death. We don't do that. Cain and Abel, that, those days are over. We're not supposed to do that. And when your kids go, what are those people on the corner? You know what? They're homeless. We don't know their situation. Some might be lazy and others might have hit really hard times and they ended up in a place they never thought they'd be. And this is why we help them. And you explain things and you teach them things. We're teaching our children. And what we really ought to teach our children is how to quote the Ten Commandments. Let me ask you this. How many of you can write down the Ten Commandments or quote them? And for extra credit, <laughs> in where are the Ten Commandments found in the Bible? Do any of you know where they're found? Book of Exodus, chapter 20, and the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 5. In those both books, you find the Ten Commandments. Do you all know what commandment number one is? Have no other God before me, right? What's the second one? Don't make any graven images. Don't make any kind of statues that you're going to worship over God. What's the third one? Don't use his name in vain. So you're not supposed to be 
saying, that's why you're supposed to say, if you, if you want to get all, and where it says OMG, that's supposed to be, oh my goodness. Because if you say, oh my God, you're using God's name in vain. The fourth one is keep the Sabbath day holy. The fifth one is honor your father and mother. The sixth one is thou shall not murder. The seventh is thou shall not commit adultery. The eighth is thou shall not steal. The ninth one is you're not supposed to bear false witness. And the tenth one is you're not supposed to covet your neighbor's things. And instead of leaving your children, now there's nothing wrong with leaving your children valuables, but you ought to leave them values before you leave them valuables. Pass that down as a heritage. So the first thing I want to talk about is a strong foundation for a strong family. Because we have to have a strong foundation. And right there in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, again it says, you shall not have other gods before me. So the principle that it's talking about here is God has to be first in your family. God has to be first in your life and in your family life. God has to be principle. He has to be supreme. Because if you don't have him, you're going to have a very weak foundation. I'll never forget at the old church in the South Valley. We kept growing and growing and we were going to add on. And so we need to dig to pour the foundation. And so there was a, an elderly man in the church named Brother Eloy Torres. And he goes, Pastor, I'll help you. And I rented a trencher and I drug, dug the, 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 the footing for the foundation. And I go, how deep does it gonna be? And he told me we gotta take it this deep. And, they, and a guy that was gonna pour the slab came and laid out the line. And so I, I dug it out and he, and he came in and inspected it, and, and Brother Torres expected it and inspected it. And he goes, okay, Pastor, you got to go deeper here because this is the foundation. This is the cornerstone. This holds up the whole building. If you have a weak area here, you're doomed. And I thought, baby, that'll preach. Because a lot of us don't have a solid foundation. And we don't know why we fall all the time. Jesus even said, build your house on the right foundation. He said, a wise man built it on the rock, and a fool built it on sand. And when the wind, rain, and storm came, the one that was on the rock stood, and the one on the sand fell. And what's the moral of the story? That wind, rain, and storms come to anyone, the just and the unjust, Christian or non-Christian. And yet we mess up all the time. The reason there's so many families falling apart is they don't have a foundation. Something else is first in their family. Something else is first in their life. They've created something to be first place. Recreation, it could be hobby, it could be just whatever. But what steals your time away from God. So you've got to understand that that, that there truly is a principle, and that's to keep God first. And then the promise he gives us is that every principle has a promise. If you do this, you get this. If you do that, you get that. And it's really wonderful because you reap what you sow. The world says that what comes around goes around. They call it karma sometimes. 
But karma is completely different than what you reap, what you sow. In, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 6, it says, Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Man, haven't you ever been lost before? And now we have a little GPS. And a GPS is, is, is you know, tell you, turn right in two miles. Turn right in one mile. Turn right in 500 feet. Turn right at the next street. You passed it. Redirecting, redirecting. You're like, oh my gosh. And that's a GPS. We have a GPS, God's personal spirit. And he leads us and guides us. He instructs us. He's the one that's going to tell you which path to take. I've told the story before, but I'll never forget when my son used to work for a cell phone company. He oversaw like five states. And, and for Christmas, he got all the family a cell phone. And we had the old flip phones, and now we had a smartphone. We were all, ooh, mira, ooh. And we were going to go visit my sister-in-law, Cindy's sister's house. And we hadn't, they had moved out, out, they lived out in the country, and it was really out in the desert at that time. Now there's houses all over the place, but back then there wasn't a lot. And so, so Ricky goes, Dad, I'm going to drive. Mom's going to be my shotgun. You go in the back. I go, that's cool. But I knew how to get there, okay? And they go, Dad, chill out. Just relax. And they put in their GPS. And they're going here, going there. And I go, guys, you missed a turn. Dad, it's telling us to go straight. I'm telling you, you missed a turn. Uh, to make a long story short, we finally say, it says, take a left. And we take a left, and it's someone's personal driveway, and we end up in their front yard. And I'm like, now do you want your old man to tell you how to get there? Because I've been there before. I know how to get there. See, the Holy Spirit tells us, I know how to get there. I've been there before. I will direct your path. So we need a foundation that we have. If you're not a Christian, that's why you're wandering around all do 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 Sometimes even as Christians, we're still going, do, 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 do. But when you're not a Christian, you're really out there. Come on, we see them every day, right? And you're like, what are they doing? And you're like, I don't know, I don't know. And you say, I was never that dumb. Yeah, right. Ask your neighbor, was I ever that dumb? They'll say, oh, yeah, you were really dumb. Man, it's ridiculous. So we need a strong foundation. So the next question I want to ask is how do we put God first in our life? How do we put God first in our family? How do we do this? And to do that, we've got to give God priority in five key areas of our life. And the very first one is this, our finances. If God is not the God of your wallet, if he's not the God of your charge card or your debit card or your bank account, I don't even know if anyone uses a checking account anymore, but if he is not the one that is over your finances, that's why you're all messed up. Because all you're doing is out there 
You go to work. It's like the bumper. I don't even know if they even sell bumper stickers. Back in the day, they used to sell bumper stickers. And there was one that said, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. Do, 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 right? And the minute you get your paycheck, oh, let's go to the flea market. My wife and I, we used to live at the flea market. That's the only thing we could afford. We couldn't even afford that much. It's like horrible when you're at the flea market and they already, it's rock bottom and you're still going, can you give me a discount? They're going like, what do you want it for free? Would you give it to me for free? Oh my gosh. I've been there. But when God is the God of your finances, things shift, they change. Look what it says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns and your vats with overflowing, will overflow with good wine. He said, man, you're going to have so much, it's going to overflow. Have you ever had your cabinet so full you don't, you get groceries and you're like, where are we going to put it? And there was a day where you only had one thing in your cabinet. And now you're going like, God, you're so good to us. You're so good. You provide. You take care of us. You meet our every need. God, you're just good. Book of Deuteronomy chapter 14 verse 33 says, bring this tithe to the designated place of worship the place the Lord, your God, chose for his name to be honored and eat it there in his presence. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, and firstborn males of your flocks and herds. Doing this will teach you always to fear the Lord, your God, to put him first, to make sure he's on top. So why is tithing so important? It's because the Bible says if you're not doing it, you're the one that suffers. And if you are doing it, God blesses you. He takes care of you. I used to give at the church. I was a $2 tipper. I'm serious. Every time the basket went by, I'd put two bucks. I was very faithful, two bucks. Sometimes I was a big spender, five bucks, orale. I'll never forget, I was a kid. I was, I was probably 17. I didn't make a lot of money. I had a little part-time job. I was in college, and I'll never forget, I had put my $2 in one pocket, and I had only $20 left in the other. So I put my 20 bucks on this side and my $2 on this side. And when the basket came, they, they, they had the church I went to had a long handle, and they would do the basket like that. And I reach in the wrong pocket. And I take out $20, and as I pull it out, my face must have gone like, Aah! But I put it in anyway, because now my pride's on the line. Oh, no, I don't want to give 20 bucks. Here's $2. So after the service, the usher came up to me, and he goes, Hey, kid, I'm sure you didn't mean to put $20. Here's your $20. What did you mean to give? I go, oh, no, no, I meant to give that. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, I'm not going to be a cheapskate. You're not going to make me feel like, like I feel already. 
you know what? God took care of me, man. He took care of me. I'll never forget the first time I tithe tithe. I mean, like a real tithe. I mean, like I was making a lot of money. I was a junior vice president of an insurance company, and I was going to tithe the first time. And they go, 10%. And I go, 10%? Holy cow. And I'm writing the check, and my hand's shaking. I'd never given that much in one day. I wouldn't even give that much in a whole year. I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. And you know what? God took care of everything. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2, that on the first day of every week, you should each put aside a portion of the money that you've earned. Don't wait until I get there and then try to collect all at once. He's saying, in other words, every time you get paid, if you get paid the first week, set it aside. Put it in an envelope. Stash it aside. We have, my wife and I, we use the church app. And I give my tithe, and then we're still giving to the building fund, so I give to the building fund. Pastor Chuck told me that he put it on just automatic renewal, and he thought he he didn't know how to do it, so then he did it again, so it takes it out. He tithes twice now, (laughs) right? I'm, I'm telling the truth, man. I go, well, Chuck, we could, we could work that out. It's like the $20, not man. I meant to do that. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and he's there, I don't know how to use this. <laughs> but you're supposed to bring the tithes to the, oh, there they go. Every time, all they ever want at church is money, 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 money. I want you to know, if you could ask, if you're new here, you could ask any member that's been here forever. I don't, I don't even talk about giving that often. Some people even tell me, why don't you teach more often so we know how to do it? But I'm telling you, God needs to be the first of your finances. The second thing God needs to be the first of is your interests, our interests, the things we're interested in. That's why he even says, he goes, I will give you the desires of your heart. That doesn't mean he's going to give us what we want. That means he's going to pour into our heart the things we're supposed to desire. Like today, you thought, oh, it's Wednesday. Hey, man, let's go to church. It's Wednesday. You're texting your friends. Hey, man, don't forget church tonight. Now, some of you said, are you going to church tonight or should we go hang out? No, go to church and then hang out. But see, you didn't, who would have ever thought you would have thought of church on a Wednesday night? God's put this desire in your heart that you're like, man, I want to be in church. I love the songs. I love the people. Aren't these people amazing and friendly? You guys are awesome. Those of you at home, you need to start coming to church. You're missing out on a lot. These people know how to hug Man, if, if you're new, you could tell when someone's new because when they go to hug them, they put their hand over their wallet. Why are they hugging me, man? Who? When they worship God, they worship with one hand up and one on their wallet. Oh, man, that guy's hugging me. I don't know why he's hugging me. 
get all, oh, oh my God. No, it's because your interests are different. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So whatever you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Man, your interests are different. So whatever you're supposed to do, you're supposed to do to the glory of God. Let's go to church for the glory of God. Hey, let's go get stoned to the glory of God. You see where I'm coming from? No, listen. That's why you're not supposed to do it. You're supposed to do it to the glory of God. Hey, you want to hit to the glory of God? Oh, yeah. Let's get drunk to the glory of God. It's going to be different now, huh? Some of you are saying, oh, pastor, you never sort of said that. I'm gonna, you're, you're messing me all up. I can't even get drunk comfortably. <coughs> to the glory of God. Can't even cheat on my wife. To the glory of God. I can't even gossip. To the glory of God. Ah, man, I'm messing all of you up. Because <laughs> when I read it, it messed me all up. You can tell what people are most interested in when you hear what they talk about the most. So what are you talking about all the time? Oh, man, football season's coming. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, calm down. It's just a game. No, don't get me wrong. I I like cheering for the Cowboys, but I don't even... All cowboys, yeah! All Bronco, Bronco fans, boo! No, 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 I'm sorry, I'm joking. Calm down, I'm teasing you. My God, it's just a game. Lord, help me here. I said, Lord, help me. You know what he told me? Shut up and preach. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19 says, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself and making music to the Lord in your hearts. So at work, what do you listen to? Are you listening to bump and grind and oh, let's go and you're like, oh my gosh. To the glory of God. Or are you listening to worship and praise? Or a sermon or something? When I go to my physical therapy, I, I have this little uh, necklace thing that my phone can hang. And then I put on my headphone things. And like today, I was listening to a sermon. And so I'm there on the bicycle, listening to walking, doing all the things they're telling me to do. But I was listening to the sermon, and I was like, yeah, amen, amen, yeah. And the lady goes, what are you listening to? I go, yeah, amen. I showed her right there. David Jeremiah, baby, David Jeremiah. What are your interests? Do you have a lot of conversations about the Lord? Do you tell people about God? You don't have to say do you want to hear about the Lord or go to hell? No, don't, don't do that. Come on. 
I don't even want to hear about the Lord if you're going to treat me like that. Instead, you ought to say, oh my gosh, man, I got to tell you what happened. What happened? What happened? Oh my gosh, I was all messed up, man. You should have seen I was all messed up. And all of a sudden, man, someone told me about the Lord, and I gave my life to Jesus, and my life is transformed. He's changed my life. Man, it's amazing. Another thing we need God first in is our relationships. And I'm not just talking romantic, even though it's got to be there too. I'm just saying relationships. A friend, your relatives, your family, your, your, your people that you're doing life with. You need to have God in the center of that. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 27, verse 19, it says, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. Man, it's saying, in other words, what kind of friends do you have? Do you have friends that are really showing the Lord? Friendships that, that God is first in their life? And now let's talk about a romantic relationship. The Bible says a Christian is supposed to date a Christian. Well, I'm doing evangelistic dating. They're not a Christian, but I'm going to lead them to Christ. Oh, shut up. I'm on a mission. Yeah, a mission for your own lust and your own flesh. Man. Some of you are going, man, I'm glad I came to church tonight. And some of you are saying, man, I should have stayed home tonight. He's taking all the fun out of dating. To the glory of God. Another area where we need God first in our life is our schedule. What kind of schedule do you run? Today I was talking to this guy and I was visiting with him on the phone and he goes, hey, pastor, pace yourself. And I go, I do. No, you don't. Pace yourself. He goes, you're still recovering. You're still at physical therapy. You're not even walking at 100% yet. Pace yourself. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then the conviction of God hit and I said, okay, you know what? You're right. And I said, you're right. You know what? I need to get my act together and, and, and schedule out my life because I need to get healed. I need to get 100%. We need to get our schedules. Look what it says in Ephesians 5, 16 and 17. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. In other words, say, God, here's my schedule. What do you want me to fill it in with? Because there's all kinds of good stuff that happen every day. There's people that call me every day, at least for sure every week. Hey, pastor, you need to get involved in this, man. And you know what? It's really an awesome ministry. But guess what God says? I didn't call you to do that ministry. You've got enough ministry to take care of and oversee. What are you going to be doing over there? That's what I called that guy to do. That's what I called that lady to do. 
stay in your lane, Richard. I go, yes, Lord, yes, yes. He goes, schedule it right. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Man, I want to challenge you to develop a habit of holding hands with your family of prayer. Before you pray, before you eat, and at a restaurant, God's not deaf. I'm serious. One time I was at a restaurant, there was a guy at the other end of the restaurant, and he stood up and he goes, God, in the name of Jesus, bless this meal. I go, dude, come on, man. God's not deaf and you're making a fool out of every Christian here. What are you trying to show off? We pray for our food. Oh, man, we need to pray for you. <laughs> you know what? Just bow your head and say, let's pray. And sometimes there's a lot of noise, so you have to pray a little louder, but don't get ridiculous. But I really challenge you to take time to pray. Take time to give thanks to God. Put him first in everything you do. And then the last area that we really need to put God first in is our problems, our troubles. We always go to him last. He's our last resort. He ought to be our first resort. Oh, man, this is a tough situation. I better take it to God. You should have taken it to God first thing. But instead, we try this and try that and try that and try this, and we make it worse and worse and worse and worse, and then what do we say? Oh, man, I should have... I shouldn't have done that. I should have taken it to God right away. And God's up there going, hello, I've been waiting. Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. For my burden is light and my yoke is easy. I'm trying to tell you. God must go a lot of times, ay, my people. He, the Bible tells us that God calls us stiff-necked people. You know what stiff-necked people means? If you've ever had a donkey and you've ridden a donkey, donkeys are stubborn, man, or mules. That's why they say they're stubborn as a mule. Because a mule or a donkey, once they make up their mind, their neck is stiff. They can't, you could pull, they're like, you could pull all you want. I'm not going, I'm going where I want to go. And that's what he calls us. A bunch of dumb donkeys. Oh my gosh. Goodness gracious, what's wrong with us? Please don't raise your hand. Any donkeys in the house? And then we hear. Oh my God, oh Lord Jesus, help us. What a mess, man. Psalm 50, verse 15 says, Then call on me when you're in trouble. And I, says the Lord, will rescue you. And you will give me glory. You'll say, how many times have you given God glory when you finally called on him and you go, Oh, thank God, thank God. You should have seen it with a mess, man. And God pulled me out. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good. Oh, man. Yeah, because he is good. I know today isn't Father's Day, but hear me. It's right around the corner. By the way, 
Father's Day is on June the 18th. <laughs> so ladies and children in the house, make a note, Father's Day is June 18th. And now back to the sermon already in progress. It's not Father's Day, but the Bible emphasizes the importance of fathers over mothers. Mothers, you guys are amazing. You guys are loyal. You're just nurturers. You're there. You pick up the slack for some of us slackers. But man, men, step it up, man. When Christ isn't first in your life, things fall apart. We've got to put God first in our life. We have to. We've got to cry out to God and say, God, please, God, please, please, Lord. I need you so desperately. Some of you haven't even given your life to Jesus. Ah, there he goes. He's always asking, if you don't have Jesus, then you want to accept Jesus. Raise your hand. Yeah, I do that. You know why? Because I truly don't want you to go to hell. I truly want you to come and know the Savior. And I also want you to live a glorious life of abundance where God blesses you and you're like, man, God is good. He is so amazing. Amazing. We were at a gathering on Saturday, and I was there. I, was, I felt so honored to be invited by Pastor Chris and Pastor Sonia. And, and, and Pastor Chris goes, how many of you have gone through the program and you're drug-free? And hands went up. Oh, my gosh. And I, all I could do was just, my, my spirit was popping out of my body, man. I was like, look what the Lord had done. He healed my body. He healed my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. His love is just the same. Look what the Lord, look what the Lord has done. That's right. Look around. He's done it. He's done it. He's done it. We need to have a Joshua's commitment. Men, I want to challenge you. Say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Joshua 24, 15. And moms, I know some of you, your, your man bailed on you guys. And I'm sorry that happened. But you need to step up and say, you know what? As for me and our house, we're going to serve the Lord. And there's some of you dads that your, your wife bailed on you. So you just need to say, you know what? Me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. God, help us. God, help us. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I pray that you would tonight. Because that means you have other gods before him. Because you haven't even made him your God. And if you truly want to surrender your heart to Jesus and receive him as your Savior, as your Lord, where he leads and guides you, raise your hand and say, you know what, Pastor, that's me. I've never done that and I want to do that. Is there anyone here tonight? 
then I want to pray for us. I want to make sure that you and I have the right place and that we've given God the right place of authority over our lives. We've made him first. We have no other gods before him. We don't have our husband or our wife before him, our father or our mother before him, our son or our daughter before him. We don't have the things we have, the things that we cherish. Nothing is before God. And say, God, forgive me if I've done things that were not to the glory of your name. Because, God, I want to bring glory to your name in everything I do. So tonight, I, I want to challenge us to really be introspective and say, God, what is it you're saying to me right now? What are you saying to me as a husband? What are you saying to me as a wife? What are you saying to me as a man, as a, as a woman, as a father, as a, as a mother, as a son, as a daughter, as a brother, as a sister? What are you saying to me, Lord? What is it you're asking me and asking of me? And then I ask that you respond to him. So would you stand with us? And I want to open the altar. There's people that want to pray with you to come and lay down any gods that you have before the Lord. To lay down your crown and say, man, I, I got to give it up right here. I, I can't keep doing this. I'm, I'm putting other things before God. I'm putting other things before God. Let's sing it out to the glory of God. Make your way up and we'll be closing here soon. You arrived me with a melody surrounding the song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone from my mother's womb. You
Hallelujah. Give God praise, would you? Thank him for what he's doing. So God, you have challenged us tonight to put God first in every area of our life, our finances, our schedule, our interests, our relationships, and even in our problems. Father, we release all these things into your hands, and we truly say, God, we want to live our life to the glory of God. So might our life reflect your light. Let us be salt to this earth, light to the lost. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and God's people shout out amen. amen. We love you, church. God bless you. We'll see you this Sunday. God bless you.